This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Sorepreneurs, uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson. From teenage mom to a recognized top 100 national trial lawyer, award-winning international speaker, number one best-selling author, and successful business and legal strategist, Chevelle certainly knows how to soar, uninterrupted. She's here today to empower and educate you with effective business and legal strategies you can use to build and scale a successful business without interruption. Get ready. Get set. Let's soar. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Chevelle McPherson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soarpreneurs Uninterrupted. This is your hostess with the mostest, Chevelle McPherson. And I have a real special guest here today, um, Becky Kohlberg. She is awesome. She is amazing. She is a life coach and she helps women entrepreneurs get past binge eating so that they can live a life free of shame so that they can step into their freedom step into their inner peace and just really be able to at the end of the day be happy that's what she does she brings happiness into the lives of women all around the world Um, I met her in California I mean, what was it last year? And we had a conversation and I just thought that, you know, she was just awesome and amazing. We've stayed in connection ever since. And I am so honored that she's coming on the show today so that she can share with you a few things. Number one, she's going to share with you her journey of how she got to where she is in being the successful life coach that's able to now help many women transform their lives. And she's also going to share with you what she does in her business how she helps her clients, how she has become a successful entrepreneur, and she's going to be able to not only empower you, but educate you so that you can take some steps to execute what you're trying to do in your business and in your life. With no no further ado, welcome to the show. Becky Kohlberg, I am so happy to have you. Thank you, Chevelle, for inviting me. I appreciate it. And I loved meeting you. That was back in Hollywood, California. And that was a blast meeting you. It was a blast. We actually met at the pool in Hollywood. um, And we actually started talking. I think you were actually reading a book at the time. And we start. I remember you were reading a book and we started talking and you were telling me about what you did. And I was telling you, it's interesting, too, because I remember telling you at that time, like how I like to shop. And we started talking about like um, doing things in excess and eating in excess and shopping in excess and how a lot of times there um, may be some underlying things that cause us to do things in excess, right? I'm not just saying, you know, most things that we do when we do things um, in perspective and when we do things, you know, in a normal pattern, it's normal, right? But a lot of times when we like overeat or we over shop or we over drink or we, you know, it's usually something underlying. And I'm so glad to have this conversation with you today because um, first and foremost, I know your story, but I want you to share with the listeners how you got into this space of helping women entrepreneurs um, get rid of the problem that they face with binge eating. Okay. Uh, well, it, it, honestly, it starts when I was 12 years old. My mom put me on a diet because she believed I was overweight and she was heavily obese. So she thought that she was doing me a favor. And that really started my restricting binging cycle and went all through until I was in my forties and went to, um, therapy for it, uh, group therapy. And leading up to that, years and years of coping with unpleasant feelings through eating, coping through happy, sad, frustrated, would be binging. And it was, no one knew. It was my deep, dark secret. I didn't share it with anybody. It's not like you wear a badge. I'm a binger. It's this deep, dark secret that you keep that is so shameful and so ugly and you feel so yucky about yourself. I would go, I would have a binge and then I would go pick my son up from school and I would be so afraid that the moms knew this dark secret about me. Like, is there some residue on my face or something on my breast? And it was the shame that I carried with me. And when I finally sought treatment and got over it, 
it was like the world was lifted off of me. And one of the things that you mentioned was shopping, over shopping and over drinking. And I call it the tempting triangle because there are those three things that, that we as women use to cope. And uh, when I was able to overcome binge eating and was binge free for over eight years, I, as we spoke of before, I was overweight, chose to have weight loss surgery. And I'm very open about that. Um, because I had overcome the binge eating, I felt like it was, it was, it was safe to do so. Right. And then um, about six months ago, we had a major life event occur in our family that was bigger than I, my ability to cope. And before I knew it, I had relapsed and fell back into binge eating, fell, quote unquote, fell. And all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I'm using my old coping method and I don't want to go back to that. And it was very short lived, like maybe a week and dusted off my tools, pulled them out, dusted them off and used them again and was able to overcome it again. And so in that, that space, I realized I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that has had weight loss surgery. I'm not the only person who's binge eating. And so I created my program based off of all the tools that I have and use to not binge and live a great, happy life. And I, I teach others to do that. Uh, in that space, it's like a whole life makeover. It's not just the food. We tend to focus it just on the food. Oh, it's food. Because you obsess about food, it's, it's just a numbing mechanism to avoid all the other stuff. So, so do you find in your experience, do you find that um, it's interesting that you say it's not really the food? So you're binge eating, but do you find that that is it's it's a symptom of something deeper? Yes. When we uncomfortable feelings come up, it's we're human. Um, uncomfortable feelings come up. So what do you do with those feelings? You either write them out, express them or you suppress them and suppressing them through food and numbing yourself is the technique that I use. Uncomfortable feelings come up. It's, it's over drinking, over shopping, right. over, overeating. So it's, it's stuff that comes up. We push it down. Okay. So in your experience when, with, with you um, specifically, when you found yourself binge eating, it was, there were other things going on in your life, right? So let's just, go before, I know you talked about you had this crisis in your family, um, but before that point, so when you were from like 12 years old to 40, right, you, you struggled with this binge eating, correct? Yes. Right? And so during this whole time period, when things would go wrong in your life or something emotional or something that you didn't really want to deal with or something that was uncomfortable, you would find yourself binge eating. Yes. Right? And then you got to a point where you, you somehow created some tools for yourself, even though at that point you probably didn't realize you were creating tools, but you were subconsciously creating some type of mechanism to stop doing that, correct? Yes. All right. So then you get past that eight years of, of being free and clear of binge eating, correct? Yes. Then something happens in your family. Well, I'm not going to go into details, but something happens in your family involving your son whom you love dearly. And it was, you know, it was an experience that was just overwhelming to you. And all these emotions um, came up probably as a parent out of concern and worry and all the other things, you know, the, the, the motherly instinct, um, protective stuff comes in. And sometimes we can't always protect our kids from certain situations. And that really causes us to have a problem because we almost feel helpless to them. Right. Absolutely. So you were probably in a place in your life where you're parenting your child, you're feeling helpless. And so now that causes you to go back and binge eat because you were covering up um, that pain and that yeah. feeling of helplessness. Yes. Yeah. Right? I think, I think as women, we believe that we need to be strong. We yeah. need to, to be strong to overcome things. We need, if we're not strong, then we're weak. And, right. and if we feel uncomfortable feelings, then, then we're weak and, and, and can't deal with it. We're weak. And, and so even at 51 years old, I, I still, you know, that, that comes up for me. Am I worthy enough? Am I strong enough? And the truth is there are things in our life that 
take us down. Yeah. And yes. it can it can take us down for a minute. It can take yes. us down for a day. It can take us down for a week. This one took me down for a while. And I, I pulled myself back up. And I realized now if I had to do it all over again, I would just, just say, I'm human. And give myself some grace. And forgive myself for, for falling down. And it almost makes me cry right now because... It was, it was such a difficult time that I, I just kept thinking, you can get through this, you can get through this, you can get through this. And instead of saying, this is a season in my life that is difficult and allow myself grace. Right. And sometimes also um, as women in our lives and our families and our businesses, we're just hard on ourselves. Very, very. We are, we are unforgiving creatures to ourselves. Because we, you know, so many people depend on us. I always say this, you know, we have our children dependent on us. We have our spouses dependent on us. We have our employees, our assistants, or whomever we work with, our teams depending on us. And we always feel like we have to show up and we have to be strong. And sometimes, like you said, when things happen, um, when crisis appears, even if we do have outlets, we don't really feel like we have outlets. We feel like we are the outlet, right? And so what happens to us, we get unplugged. And when our outlet is unplugged, like for you, it could be binge, binge eating. For me, it could be excessive shopping. For someone else, it could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be all these other things. And I think that it's critically important that um, people, especially entrepreneurs um, in particular, recognize these things because the entrepreneurial journey is a difficult one. It's not for the, you know, the weak and, and, and faint. I usually say, if you want life to be easy in terms of making money, just go get a job. Yes. Right? Go get a job. Because all you have to do is show up, clock in, sign in, do your eight hours or however long you are there for, leave, and you don't have to take the work home with you because that's for your bosses and the executives and the marketers and everyone else to figure out how to grow the business. You're just doing your specific one assignment, whatever your responsibilities are, and then you leave. So it's less likely that you're going to be at least stressed from the job. Now, you may have life situations, but as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to worry about getting clients. You have to worry about keeping the, the, the lights on. If you have a team, you have to worry about paying a the team. There's so many things that you have to worry about that we have to learn how to avoid falling down the trap of binge eating or alcoholism or drugs or just giving up and just quitting in general because we find things to be overwhelming. So I'm really glad that you're on the show and you're sharing your story um, because it's important to a lot of people. But I think entrepreneurs really in particular need to pay attention and understand that times are going to be difficult. Things are going to be difficult. I always say keep soaring uninterrupted right? Which means you have to learn how to cope without quitting, without binge eating, without drinking, without drugs, without becoming abusive at home, all these other negative responses or symptoms, I should say, that can result from it. Would you not agree? Yes. And, you know, I would also add to that list excessive exercising. Exercise is a great outlet for coping. However, some people over-exercise thinking that that's going to remedy too. So there's, there, there's, I don't like to use the word balance. There's a balance for everything, right. eating, drinking, all of that and shopping because shopping can be fun. It's, right. it's finding right. a balance and knowing is, are you thinking about your next fix? Right. Which is detrimental to your mental and physical health or right. are you thinking about how can I use this as a coping mechanism or as, a, as an outlet for the stress? Right. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to share this a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit about, you know, be a little bit vulnerable for myself because um, I, you know, I, I'm going to say like kind of used to love to shop and used to love to like buy like all these shoes and just shop, shop, shop. And um, I, I think that when I look back, like I still, I mean, I, I'm not crazy about, oh, I just got to run out and I got to have this, I got to have that, I got to have that. But you know, when you and I met, I was like, oh, I like to buy everything in the world, right? But I think that um, once you develop, it's also about having other goals, right? Because sometimes, especially women, like if we get to a point where we're really successful, 
successful and we're making all this money and we're living our best life, we tell ourselves, oh, I deserve another pair of shoes or I deserve that outfit or I deserve this. Or, and you don't need it. Like you got, I have about 30 pair. I've never put my foot in of shoes, right? Just because, you know, if I succeed or, you know, I win a case or I, you know, I feel like I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And I deserve can become part of coping, you know, for things when, 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 when things get out of whack. It's like, I deserve this. Like if you're eating, I deserve this brownie. If you're drinking, I deserve this drink. If you're a shopper, I deserve these shoes. So I think I deserve sort of becomes the excuse for us to go and do the thing that we don't really need to do. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. And I would like to add to that. One of the things that we as women don't do is we don't celebrate our success. And so you can celebrate that you've achieved something in a way of buying new shoes or mm-hmm. say you want that piece of chocolate cake I, and you're, you choose into it. If you choose into that as a celebration, like beforehand, you mentioned goals. If you set a goal to right. create X and you've it. created X and, and you just move on, power through to the next goal, you don't take a moment to, to recognize the, the success. Your brain doesn't it doesn't register that you've actually achieved something. So taking a moment to celebrate your brain goes, yeah, this is cool. I want to do more of it. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is if, you know, if the entrepreneur um, gets this client that they've been trying to get, they've been working on this deal, they've been trying to close or, you know, whatever that goal is, you make a mark for yourself, whatever this goal is. And then, you can use what that thing is that you like to celebrate the win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Because then a positive, it's a choice. Right. Then it's a choice. Then it's mm-hmm. a choice. But if you negatively just succumb to it to get through something and not celebrate it, then it's more, it's negative. Absolutely. Right. So I, that's, I'm glad you explained that. And I think that that's really helpful for entrepreneurs and people in general to understand the difference between having a goal in place and doing something like getting the chocolate cake, getting the shoes, getting the hair done, whatever it is, to celebrate that you've accomplished a goal versus a crisis or a tragedy happens and now you just fall into doing that thing that you love to cope. Your default, it's, 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 it's being in control or out of control. It's controlling your thoughts. It's controlling your actions, saying, okay, when I achieve this, I'm going to reward myself with this. It's when you achieve something and just go hog wild and and look back and go, I regret doing that. That's, that's the, that's the out of control action. Okay. So, so in your situation, you got to the point where you had been free for eight years and then you had this crisis. So tell us about when you hit that wall, um, you told us about, you had the crisis and you told us that you had a relapse, but then you mentioned one thing that you had to go and you had to rely back on the tools, right? So before you tell us about that, let me just ask you this question though. Um, do you think that once you once you came to a point like, well, actually I'm gonna let you tell us about the light bulb moment that you had after you realized that you were falling down the trap of binge eating again because of that crisis. So tell us about that. Okay. The, it was so overwhelming and so difficult that I, I literally checked out of my feelings because I, I just, I couldn't feel my feelings anymore because they, it was so, it hurt so much physically that, that I couldn't feel them. So defaulting to binge eating and really had checked out, like so checked out that even after the binge didn't even realize it, I would wake up in the middle of the night with regret and hate myself. And all of that came back when I was feeling that regret in the middle of the night was like, I'm not going to use a foul language on my, on your show here. It was like, Oh, bleep. Right. I'm, I'm there again. This is what's happening. And so it was like a, like almost like a scene from a movie where I woke up to my life. Okay. I have a choice right now. What am I going to do? Am I going to keep dealing with my numbness through binging or am I going to get out of it? After having weight loss surgery, reaching my goal, I mean, I feel great about my body. I feel great about myself. I have a huge closet full of clothes that fit me that I can go in at any time and put them on and feel good about myself. Right. Like, if I keep binging, 
I'm going to be heavy again, or I'm going to be where I don't. And then I have another problem. So I reeled it, reeled it right in and decided it was a choice. I am not going to binge anymore. And so back to my school, back to my skills of mindfulness, um, back to my uh, tools of, of exercising for, for enjoyment, for a release. And I was exercising every day, sometimes twice a day, and not because it was excessive. It was, I'm going to get out and go for a walk. And, it, and my dog loves to go for a walk. So it was, it was, what can I do to not binge? And afternoon is my week time. I, I say week time out of pure vulnerability. That was the time that it was around three o'clock that I would, would binge. So three o'clock, let's go for a walk. Let's do another thing to give me the reward that the reward that I thought binging was giving me. Okay. And, and so ch- switching it up. Does that answer your question? I yeah, feel like it does. I kind of went down a long ways no, there. It, no, it does. It answers my question because it sounds like what you're saying is you basically um, started to exercise. You started to put things, a system in place for you to deal with the crisis in a different way as opposed to relapsing into continuing with the binging. So you started doing other things like the walking and the exercising and getting your mind in a different place, right? So yeah. that's what I'm hearing. So this is what I want to do. Um, I want to take a commercial break and I want to come back because it sounds like at this particular point, the point where you are, are now in your story is where I want to hear you take us forward because you have now not only um, resolved your binge eating disorder, but now as a life coach, you have created a system for helping others with the same problem that you suffer, correct? Yes. So when we come back, what I would like for you to share with the audience is what business you are now in, like we know your life coaching, but specifically how you help these women, um, the system that you're using, and we're going to talk about how your experiences now have really helped you to just become a successful entrepreneur. So that's what I want to talk about. So I'm excited about that. Thank you for sharing your story this first half of the show. When we come back, we'll start talking about your coaching business and how you now help other women so that they don't have to go through that crisis the way you went through your crisis. Okay. All right. So we'll be right back. Hang tight with us and we'll be right back after these commercials. You're listening to Sorepreneurs Uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson. Are you a coach, consultant, expert, or service-based entrepreneur? Are you ready to build a sustainable business, scale a business to six figures or beyond, or legally protect your business? If you answered yes to any of these questions, we have a gift just for you. At Soar to Success Academy, entrepreneurs just like you hire us to accelerate their income and protect their profit. Today, you can download a free copy of our Business Soar Blueprint. This blueprint will give you a step-by-step roadmap on how to not only build a profitable business, but how to also legally protect it. Your Business Soar Blueprint is just a click away. Go to ChevelleMcPherson.com to claim your free blueprint and start building a profitable and protected business that will give you greater impact and greater income. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sorepreneurs Uninterrupted. I've been having a great conversation the first half of the show with Becky Kohlberg, who has been sharing with us her experiences of how she used binge eating as a coping mechanism. Um, And then she became clean of binge eating for approximately eight years. She then had a crisis in her family that caused her to relapse. But at some point during that relapse, she realized she had to save herself from that situation. And she reverted back to the same tools that she once used when she remained eight years free. So now today, what she does as a recovering and surviving binge eater is she actually has a very successful life coaching business where I say she helps the 
younger versions of Becky, those Beckys that are going through what she went through. And now she's able to help these women through her own training, through her own experiences. And she's created a very successful business doing something that she's that she loves and and she's making a massive difference in the world and i really want her to share with you guys how she's doing that so becky welcome back to the second part of the show um just share with the listeners where you are right now in your business and how your transition from learning how to use other tools to cope has helped you to be able to teach those tools to other women who have gone or are going through what you once went through. Can you share that with the listeners? Sure. So right now I'm working one-on-one with uh, several clients and the, the, uh, how about if I just do an overall deal of my program? Just yeah, I love it. Yeah. Explain it. So what the way I explain it is we do like an aerial view of your life like look over, looking over it, what's going on in these eight categories. Because like I said earlier, it's not just about eating. There's something somewhere that's not in, line, in alignment. So we do an overview. Uh, home environment, significant other, health, money, career, um, self-development, and t- two others. Can't remember off the top of my head right now. That's so, okay. Uh, we, and, and, and rate them. And then they get to write a one-year vision of where they want their life to be. And based off of that, we narrow it down and create some goals in the areas, in that, those, that, those eight areas, the four of them where they want to improve their life. And through that process, we create these goals and then talk about mindfulness. Mindfulness a lot of people, for, for me, when I heard the word mindfulness, it just sounded mysterious and like mm-hmm. kind of almost like airy fairy. Well, mindfulness is one of the biggest tools to use for um, breaking up with binge eating, for, for breaking up with overeating, uh, over shopping. Um, and, I, and I give the example, your bathroom is the best opportunity to do mindfulness. Say you're brushing your teeth. I'm opening my drawer now. I'm pulling out my toothbrush. I'm pulling out my toothpaste. I'm putting toothpaste on my toothbrush. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm rinsing my mouth. As you're doing this mindfulness exercise, it sounds simple, yet this is something that you can use. It's my binge time. Right now is when I would like to binge. And so you're like become a narrator in your mind of your own life. And what happens in that moment is you start to have control over your actions. So that's one of them. We also practice... um, we name your binge eating inside you. We tend to think that we are a binge eater. Like that's who I am. I'm a binge eater. It's not who you are. It's a part of you. And so you can separate that part from you of you by naming it. Um, my, for me, it's my beast. I'm like, and it's, if you ever saw Harry and the Hendersons, mm-hmm. the big hairy guy, right, right, right. That's what my beast looks like. Like when I talk to my beast, I'm like, okay, I don't need you today. <laughs> yes, it sounds, it you sounds know what? Wait, let me just interrupt you quickly. Yeah. I love, like, let me just say this. I love that you do that because here's the thing. Even when I work with my clients, so you're a life coach, you're helping people who have binge eating disorders. And one of the things that you do is you have them name that beast and that beast is what they want to sort of avoid because that beast brings on the, the, the binge eating, correct? Yes. Right? So I love it because what I do with my clients, even as a business coach, I have them name their avatar. So my business clients are working with whether they are a life coach, a business coach, a health coach, um, whether they are a chef, it doesn't matter. Whatever Whatever you do in business, you have an ideal client, which is the client that you want to work with. And I have my client, my clients actually name them, describe them, know everything about them, because the best way to deal with something that you either want to have a relationship with or you don't want to have a relationship with is to be clear crystal clear on what that thing or that person is. And when you can put a name to it, it makes it even more personal to you. 
And I think when a conference, like in your situation, when a confrontation or a crisis comes, you can go, here comes the beast. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, I'm going to binge eat. See, to to just say I'm going to binge eat doesn't have the same effect as here comes the beast because you've named it. And see, when you think of the beast, you think of all the things that come with it, the on the floor, the negative emotions, all of those things. So naming it the beast to me makes it clear on this thing that you need to deal with. Just like from the other perspective on my side, naming your ideal client, like, you know, my ideal client's name is Linda and I, you know, I know she's tall and she's thin and she's from the suburbs and she makes, you know, this amount of money and she drives this kind of car. Immediately when I'm looking for a client, I'm like, there goes Linda, right? So I'm attracted to have a conversation with her. It makes it easier for me to sell to her and easier for me to bring into her world. So I think it's really amazing um, that you even said that, that you named this sort of monster, the beast. Because when you can put an identity to something, whether it's for your good or for your bad, I think it'll help you deal with the situation much, much easier. Would you not agree? I totally agree. And, and my avatar for my cl- ideal client is Chloe. Chloe, the client. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell us about the beast. So the beast... Uh, he, he, I, it's a, he, he, uh, and I say, I mean, he's like there, uh, he, he hides and he comes out like he, he was hidden for eight years and he came out and I didn't, didn't even realize it. The, 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 the advantage of naming your, your beast, your, your eating issue is that it takes it out of you and puts it outside. And when things are outside of you, you have more control over it. And it's really not about having control. I use that word just for lack of, an, of no other words that's coming to mind. You can control it because it's out of you now. If it's when it's in you and it, you allow it to take over, mm-hmm. you don't have control. Right. So remove it. And Harry, you're out there. Beast, you're out there. Right. I love it. No, no, I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I'm in the, the business side world, but everything that you say, it even applies even on the other side, even with entrepreneurs. Like when I tell my clients to name their avatar, um, the great thing about that is, like I said, if I see Linda, I recognize her. But here's the great thing. If I see someone who is in my prospect world to interview and they don't look like Linda, because I've identified Linda, it's easier for me to not get so emotional if I'm trying to have a sales conversation or I'm having a sales conversation with this person. Because at the end of the day, because this is what I find, you know, any entrepreneur who's in business, right, they have to be able to sell and close their client, right? And a lot of people have a hard time with sales because it becomes emotional to them or they don't want, they don't want the rejection um, or they're scared to ask for the money. But if you name your avatar, and like you just said, remove that from yourself, like this isn't about you, this is about them. So they're removed. So when you get ready to have a sales conversation and you're talking to Linda, if Linda wants your services, great. If she doesn't, fine, you move on to the next Linda because you've separated yourself from the process. And I love it that you say that this is, sort of the system that you use with your clients, even with binge eating, because it still, it still has the same premise, is that when you can take something um, that you are dealing with, you know, for your good or for your bad, and just name it and put it outside of you, it's so much easier to deal with it in life in general, right? And, you know, if you have to, if, if, you're, if you're an employee and say you're building a business and this is your side hustle, and you have this boss that gets on your nerve. You name the boss Aggie, <laughs> right? We're going to name the boss Aggie. And so just, you know, you're dealing with Aggie for whatever you need to deal with Aggie for, but don't consume that. And don't let that energy of Aggie become a part of you. The beast, you're dealing with the beast. You have to deal with the beast, but don't let that beast become a part of you, right? You're interviewing Linda to work with you, but don't let, you know, the fact that Linda might not be ready to sign up with you as a client, don't let that stop you. Don't let it become emotional. So I find that in anything that you do in life, if you can separate yourself from from that other thing, 
that you think is the block or that you think is the way. It makes it so much easier for you to get past that if it doesn't go your way. I think so. So. Yeah. Basically, don't take things personally. Exactly. It's so much easier said than done. Right. Don't take things personally. It's it's what's going on outside of you. You have control of what's going on inside you. So when you put, so with, with your clients, so you have them like name, give it a name. So you name it the beast and how do you deal with the beast when the beast alerts and the beast arrive? I have a conversation with them. I tell him conversation. I, I don't have any room for you in my life today. Go away, go away. Or, or I have had this conversation. Why are you here today? What do I need to know from you? Why are you here? Because the more you resist, you know, what's that saying? If you resist, it persists. Right. If if you resist and keep pushing it away, it keeps coming back. Okay. Why are you here? What's going on? What do I need to know? Is, am I ignoring something? What's coming up? And listen to the answer. And, and I, you know, I know this sounds crazy, yet people that have the beast get it. They know it. They know what I'm saying. It's this, it's this thing inside you that, that keeps rising up, that keeps bubbles up, bubbling up saying, you know, go, go eat. I, I say when I was at my height, I couldn't focus on anything because all I could think about was what's my next fix? What am I going to eat next? I have those cookies upstairs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get them. And that beast just kept, you know, nagging away at me. Come on, come on, give into it, give into it. So what do you think, what do you think is the biggest challenge that your um, clients that you work with face when it comes to their beast? I would say, a lot of women that I work with are in their 50s and they've gotten to a point in their life where they're, they're, their kids may have moved out or they're, they're not needed like they were. Mm. And they put a lot of attachment to who they are of, around their kids. Because my, because my niche started with midlife crisis because that's what happened with me. I, even though my son's 15, I started associated with midlife crisis, then moved on to shopping and now really binge. So I kind of lost my train of thought. Help me out here. Chabelle. No, so you were just saying, you were just saying that a lot of the women that, oh, that I work with are in their fifties. In their 50s and, and they, they're, how, they're like going through like the emptiness syndrome. Yes. So, right. and maybe binging has been a part of their life up until this point. However, they're now doing it for different reasons, but it's always kind of this, the, the bottom line is, about worthiness. They don't feel worthy or they haven't been able to deal with their feelings. A lot of women uh, don't know how to stand up for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they just go, okay, all right, I'll do what you say you want me to do. And then when that person walks away, they stuff their feelings down with food. So it's, it's, there's a common, I don't feel worthy or I don't love myself. How they feel about themselves is that, that commonality and Maybe their stories are different, yet there's, it's, it all comes together as the same of how do I feel about myself? What's my coping mechanism? And, and how do you help them resolve those challenges? So in, in my, in, pardon me? I said, because you've gone through it. Yeah. So, so in, my, in my program, we do like this whole life overview. And I use the word makeover. Uh, is people are like, oh, that sounds weird. Like, like you know, I'm going to leave my husband or leave my job. And, and that's not really it because there are areas of your life that you're excelling in. There are areas of your life where you're doing really, really well. Uh, I like to focus on the strengths because when you're working well in your strengths, that just gives you great energy to, to focus on your weaknesses as well. So it's a whole life makeover. And when you focus on those good parts, the other parts come up behind them. Right. That's, that's like a simple way to, to, to explain it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So I wanna, I'm going to ask you this now. I want to just change this a little bit. Uh, I just want to move um, this conversation in a slightly different direction because um, what I heard you say today was, uh, I just want to recap this for the listeners. So you shared with us your whole journey of how you got to um, 
go through your struggles um, with binge eating from like the age of 12 to like the age of 40. And then you share it with us how you were eight years free from it. And then you share it with us your crisis that caused you to relapse. And then you share it with us how you refer back to those tools that you acquired when you were doing your eight years um, without it. And that got you to get past the crisis. Once you got past the crisis, then you now um, created this business of life coaching where you are helping other women go through the process of binge eating so that they can face their monster, right? And that they can get rid of the monster who shows up when it, when, you know, when they have their crisis, right? So that they don't have to go through that relapse that you went through or they can confront it and deal with it when they find it approaching, right? So what I want to ask you though is from the business side, I know how you got here. I know how you help your clients. I know that you're really good at what you do. But from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I know we've had conversations before. We've had poolside conversations about the business side of it. Um, was there ever a time in your business where you thought, you know what? I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not going to keep going because you had the struggles in your personal life with the binging. But we all know that there's also struggles in entrepreneurship when it comes to your clients and, 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 and serving these women and, turn, and converting in sales. So was there, was there ever a time in your business where you felt like this is something that, you know, you just, it's not working or you can't do it or you wanted to give up on the business side? Yes. So yes, yes, yes. I, uh, when I realized that binge eating was, was the direction I was going to go, I do online coaching. And so I do Facebook ads and I first sat in fear. What are people going to think of me? If I reveal my whole truth, what are people going to think of me? Mainly my peers, you know, a a lot of my Facebook friends are high school business related. What are they going to think of me? And I really struggled with getting clients because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being vulnerable. And so when I stepped into, I had weight loss surgery. I was a binge eater and I'm recovered. Once I stepped into being vulnerable and to my truth, all of a sudden I started attracting these people. They started coming into my life. Um, Yet not as clients yet. Like, oh yeah, they're interested. They're on alert, they're noticing me, yet they're not wanting to come in as clients yet. And so I had all of these, like, I mean, one week I had eight calls booked and half of them didn't show up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? I know I'm stepping into my truth. I know it. I know I'm providing a valuable service to people and yet they're not coming in. And finally, I like, I hit the wall. I sat at the dinner table with my husband and my son and I said, I am either going to quit or I'm three feet from gold. Mm -hmm. I get chills talking about it right now. And I'm like, I am not quitting. I am not quitting. God did not put me in this seat. God did not put me in this place and this experience to not help other people get out of this. And I, in that moment of feeling three feet from gold, I decided I am not quitting. I am going forward. Those people are out there. And within 48 hours, I had new clients. Not only new clients, phenomenal clients mm-hmm. that want to overcome binge eating, that, that want to create a free life. And that's what they're doing right now. And in in that realization of being three feet from gold. And if you've never read it or heard it, read it. It's great. You can grow rich, correct? Yes. Yes, yes. I love that book. Yeah, it's yes. over here. It's over here somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. I in the not in the not giving up, I'm changing lives. Exactly. I'm I'm doing my work. I am living my passion. And it, oh, it, the, the, the road to success, I think you said this in your first 
webinar or um, podcast, the road to success is not a straight line. It is not. It is this wiggly, right. wobbly, round, circular dive, nose dive, yes. go back up, soar, nose yes. dive. Yes. It's, it's all of that. Yes. And, 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 and to reiterate what you said in the beginning, if you want to just have an easy life, go and get a job. Yes. If you want to have struggles and success, right. be an entrepreneur. Right. It's, it's worth it. See, I, live, I, I wanted the listeners to hear that because we talk and I, you know, I, I already knew that part of your story about you um, really, you know, being three feet from goal and not realizing it. Because the one thing about being three feet from goal is what most entrepreneurs don't realize is when you are three feet from goal, that's when all the difficulty comes because your breakthrough is like right there and you have to keep pushing. And so for you, um, you are helping women live phenomenal lives. You are helping women get past this binge eating. You're helping them deal with that monster. You're helping them to be able to step into their greatness. And you have lots of clients that are like knocking on your door right now because they need your help. If you would have given up three feet from gold, you know, you know where I'm going? If you would have given up three feet from gold, there would be monsters lurking around and taking over the lives of so many other women. And I say that because my message to you and my message to all the listeners out there um, is that most of the time you are three feet from gold, but you have to keep pushing because if you are doing something in this life that is meaningful, that is transformational, that is empowering, that is a, a gift that you know the world needs. It is selfish and self-centered of you to think of quitting because the world needs that special thing that you got, that special thing that you overcame. When you overcame the binge eating you became the vehicle for someone else who doesn't know how to overcome it. You became the vehicle for someone else who doesn't know how to shut off the monster. You became the vehicle for someone else who's living in body shame. You became the vehicle for someone else. I could go on and on and on and on, but you, my darling Becky, are a vehicle. And a lot of these uh, entrepreneurs listening, you are the vehicle for something, something transformational, right? We all have gifts. I always say we have DNA. No, not your biological DNA, your distinct natural abilities that are your God-given talents that he's put into you, not to hold on selfishly, but to put out into the world. And so my message is to, to, to the entrepreneurs listening is, Keep going, keep soaring, uninterrupted. That's the whole point of this podcast is so entrepreneurs can get that message through. And I thank you that you didn't give up because I know many women need you. They need your services. They need your message. They need your strength. They need to see you because they can relate to you up close and personal. They can see evidence. You, it's easy to turn on the TV and see one somebody talking about Weight Watchers and somebody, but you know how great it is to be able to pick up the phone and call Becky, someone who you know personally has gone through it. So you know this isn't a scam. This is something she's passionate about. This isn't a, this isn't a get rich quick scheme that she's running. This is real life up in your face mentoring and support that is so necessary and needed. So I'm glad. You didn't give up three feet from from gold. And I'm glad that you're on this show and that you're sharing your message with the world and other entrepreneurs for several reasons, because it's great for those women going through binge eating. But your business story is also great for the entrepreneur that's three feet from gold. I thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You're a powerhouse. And I just lo I love and adore you and love that, what you're doing thank for you entrepreneurs. So Thank you so much. Now, I just want to ask you this because you heard my take on everything. Um, I just want to ask you, is there any specific thing that you want to share with the women listening or the entrepreneurs or the Becky from, you know, years ago that you feel you can leave um, 
that will resonate with someone that's out there listening that until today didn't even know you existed and that you went through these struggles. And until today, they didn't know how they were going to deal with similar struggles. What can you tell that person? One, there's hope. There's a different way. There's a better way to freedom. Uh, in the way of entrepreneurs, what's that saying? The graveyard is filled with, with dreams oh, yeah. that never came to fruition. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. When it looks bleak, you're right on the edge. You're right on the edge of, of success. You're right on the edge of discovery. And in the, in the world of binge eating, there is another way. There's another way. There's another way. I want you guys to listen to that. There is another way. Binge eating is the symptom of a deeper problem. And it is a problem that needs to be addressed so that you can free yourself of the shame and free yourself of the hiding. And you can just come out and be able to really live the life that you are destined to live. And perhaps you will be the next Becky out there guiding the next younger you so that someone else can be blessed by your success story, just like you're being blessed by Becky's today. So Becky, I want to thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. I want you to tell the listeners how they can keep in touch with you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, Just give us some contact information so we can stay in touch. Well, thank you. I would love to offer your listeners a 50-minute breakthrough call, discovery call. Uh, You can find me on Facebook at Life Coach Becky. That's Becky with an I-E. And um, follow me and send me a message. I'd love to hear any feedback on what you had, what your ahas were on this podcast uh, around binge eating and about around entrepreneurship. I love it. I love it. So everyone, she is offering you, you know, a session where you can break up with the monster, <laughs> right? You can get rid of it and you can step away from that binge eating. And um, I think it's really good. I think it's a really good opportunity for you. Because even if it's it's not binge eating and it's something else that you're dealing with, it's time that you face whatever that monster is in your life. And I hope that today's show got you to at least see that there is hope um, and there is a way that you too can get rid of whatever that monster is in your life. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, We're going to continue these entrepreneurial conversations. Thank you for stopping by, Becky. And until the next time, as I always say, everyone, Your opportunity could be lying on the other side of an obstacle. So no matter what you do, keep soaring uninterrupted. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Soarpreneurs Uninterrupted with Chevelle McPherson, where entrepreneurs like you get empowered and educated with business and legal strategies they need to build and scale successful businesses. Join us every week as we continue these entrepreneurial conversations. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, please visit ChevelleMcPherson.com and click on the podcast link. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes are released. Remember, your successful business may be on the other side of an interruption, so keep soaring uninterrupted so you can have the income you desire, the peace of mind you deserve, and a lifestyle you've designed. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.